Hey everybody, this is Brian with a quick announcement. I apologize for taking so long to get this out to you, but James and I recorded the uh, two episodes. We recorded a one-night stand and a, a regular episode. Uh, a few days later, I slipped and I fell. Uh, broke my knee, had to have surgery, um, so I've been bedridden. I haven't had a chance really to do any editing, but I'm doing it now. I'm all set up. I'm ready to go. Uh, I apologize for the wait. So thanks so much for your patience. Thanks so much for uh, the well wishes. We do have a GoFundMe set up because in America, the hospital bills, even with insurance, are kind of a nightmare. Uh, so every little bit helps. You can find that. I made it easy for you at tinyurl.com slash Brian's knee. Brian with an I, plural. Knee is singular because I only broke one knee. Thank goodness. And for $50 or more, we're also giving away... Unique drawings by the one and only Grant Reynolds. He's a very good friend of mine. I've known him for years. He's also a comic book artist and a, a fantastic one at that. Uh, he's donated some of his original drawings. Uh, for donations of $50 or more, you'll be able to choose one. Uh, he's got those on the website. So go check it out. Thanks again for listening. Thanks again for your patience. And thanks again for everything. Uh, here we go with another One Night Stand. It's just after I see a movie, I like to go get a piece of pie and talk about it. It's sort of a little tradition I have. Do you like to get pie after you see a good movie? And welcome back to A Piece of Pie, the queer film podcast. This is going to be our next, I know we've, it's been a while since our last one, this is going to be our next one night stand episode. So it's going to be a, for those of you unfamiliar, it's going to be a shorter episode where Brian and I just sit and we talk about all sorts of film and media related things that are going on in the headlines now and sort of, I guess give our hot takes on Yeah, them. yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're like a movie podcast and we, we kind of like pick and choose the movies that we cover and we even do we'll try and do new releases when we can or when appropriate but it's fun to kind of just drop in and give your our, our, our perspective on shit that's going on now like what's happening in movies what's happening in, in pop culture what's happening in music whatever it is mm-hmm. uh, we've talked about books we've read um, this week though I think we were going to kind of talk about like we were talking about uh, Hollywood goings on there's so many trailer drops yeah. that have happened recently the most recent that I can think of is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood uh, the new Quentin Tarantino film um, anyone who's listened to our second episode knows that I'm a Tarantino fan um, I'm excited for this the poster is generic and ugly <laughs> the trailer gives it this kind of Pulp Fiction, glossy, fun vibe, but also this kind of Jackie Brown sense. Um, as someone, I've mentioned this a lot on the podcast, I used to live in L.A., it made me sort of excited to see... I love, like, classic Hollywood, and I still, to this day, follow on um, Facebook. This is not a paid advertisement. Um, <laughs> vintage Los Angeles, I love all those old pictures. So it made me really excited in that respect. It kind of seemed like Brad Pitt was kind of doing his, like, Aldo Rain, like you know weird accent kind of vibe which i love that movie so that's fine i guess mm-hmm. if that's if that's maybe if that's like the best way for quentin tarantino to use brad pitt is in that kind of like sort of smart assy kind of hit kind of vibe like i'm not i'm not mad about it yeah for sure um we'll see there's a lot about the movie that i feel like i know that's not in the trailer mm-hmm. like certain characters that show up and i don't want to Makes I don't want to like drop spoilers because I don't know how much or how little others like follow the development of Quentin Tarantino movies like I do. But we'll see. I'm excited. What did you think? 
Uh, I thought it was a great looking trailer. I think you hit the nail on the head. It's got like a great vintage feel. It makes me excited for another Tarantino movie that is. I mean, my favorite Tarantino movie by far is Jackie Brown, um, and it this does have a lot of that vibe to it. Um, and I'm I'm super excited for that. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I want to see another film set in that style in that period with a really great you know group of uh, actors. Um, Oh, it's and it's a fantastic the, list. Yeah, yeah, the cast is great. So, so yeah, I'm I'm super excited for that. One of our other big trailers uh, that just popped out was Avengers Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> well, and spe- specifically because Kevin Feige, I believe, just today in an interview, said that some of the like we've known for a while that the the trailers were not going to feature footage outside of the first twenty minutes of the film to keep yeah. it secret. But Kevin Feige actually went on the record today to say some of the things you've seen in the trailer have been edited so they don't look the same way they do in the movie. So he's purposely like, oh, yeah. misdirecting yeah. people. I read that. I think I read that quote, and I feel like, and maybe I'm misremembering it, but I feel like I read a quote from the Russo brothers where they were like, well, the technology kind of allows us to tell a different story with the trailer yeah. than the story the movie is telling. Yeah. So I'm like, well, great. Yeah. <laughs> great. What are we even doing this for? Like, why are we going through the motions? Yeah. Like, just, just at this point, release pictures of everybody and be like, Avengers Endgame. Yeah. You've, shut up and take my money. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you're going to go to those links, I'm, I'm torn because part of me is, if you're going to go to those links to, like, hide that much of the movie where you're going to, like, I mean, how many, like, millions of dollars did it cost for them to create this like fake shot Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like how many homes could they have built with that right you know not to get too um you know there is no ethical consumption under capitalism (laughs) (laughs) um but these are things that i think about well we did see of the end game trailer that was like sort of the new one that dropped it was interesting we get to see like their fancy new costumes that they've got you get to see now that captain marvel's been out a couple weeks you see that Captain Marvel is in it. I mean, yeah. we all knew it was going to happen. But, yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so that's interesting. Um, oh, I have questions. I have questions yeah. about that. While we're on Captain Marvel, I don't mean to interrupt. No. But I wanted to. Why is Captain Marvel wearing lipstick when she oh, meets I don't Thor? Know. I don't think Did I you... noticed that. Oh, I will show you. We're going to take a quick <laughs> break, and I'm going to show James because I was texting Rob about it. This is Captain Marvel. Why is Captain Marvel wearing lipstick? Oh, I guess she is. <laughs> I did not, I did not, like, I knew she was wearing, like, civilian clothes. Right? Yeah, but I mean, I guess if she's trying to disguise herself, but, like, she doesn't have to... Wear lipstick? In front of Thor. I mean, having said that, I would want to look cute if I'm meeting Thor. I wear lipstick in front of Thor. <laughs> Whatever, I'm like, I'm going to look cute. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, you're right. Yeah, no, it's, it's <laughs> strange. The brand just showed me a photo of Captain Marvel from the Endgame trailer, and sure enough, she clearly does have lipstick on. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's like a shot of her in civilian clothes, so I don't know if, like, maybe she's going out, you know, maybe she's been somewhere, maybe she's going to try to find, you know, because she, she comes at the end of, uh, well, I guess, spoilers if you haven't seen Captain Marvel, <laughs> um, in the, uh, stinger, for that, you know, she arrives and she's looking for Nick Fury uh, at the Avengers base, uh, and so I don't. Maybe she's out in the world looking for him. And yeah, I don't know. Somebody don't know. gives maybe 
Maybe she leaves and like goes shopping. She goes, there's a shopping like, montage? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Wonder Woman had one and Captain Marvel didn't. That's so true. Marvel owes us a Captain Marvel shopping, shopping montage. montage. Maybe just, Black Widow goes with her and they're like, girl, though, really, though, these heels, your your legs, amazing. I'm so scared of what that's going to look yeah. like. <laughs> like, it's too real. Yeah. It's too real. Oh, but the other question I had about Endgame, well, I my 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 guess, I guess it's not a question, but my guess about Endgame is those white suits that you see them all wearing at the mm-hmm. end, um, those are their, like, quantum realm trip suits. Yeah. As far um, as we know. As far as we know, because they're all... They're all um, it, they're all very reminiscent of what Hank Pym wore yeah. and Ant Man and the Wasp, and Ant Man is is back and he's with them. Yeah, so. that was the one sh- for whatever reason. That was the one shot that like got to me the most is that shot of like Scott Lang looking at the posts oh, of the like missing mis- of the missing posters because yeah. he just looks so like sad and distraught and you're like oh my god. Maybe it's because I'm like naturally protective towards Paul Rudd <laughs> and I always just want to like hug him and make him feel better, but. That might also that might just be my own thing, but it also I mean it also might hint that maybe his daughter. I would imagine, yeah, that his fa- like yeah, I'm imagining that his family is probably dead. Yeah. Maybe like Bobby Cannavale, yeah. which I, I wouldn't be mad can, about. Yeah, <laughs> I would watch that movie. Yeah, um, yeah, no, it's interesting. I I think it does it it leaves a lot of questions. You know, of course, this is something that like. If you obsessively follow comic book news, the toys that have like been on the shelves in Taiwan and other places have sort of leaked these white outfits, which the filmmakers then said like, no, 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 that's totally like false. It's made up. And then sure enough, here it is in the trailer. So yeah, um, so it'll be interesting. I mean, the fact that we're getting a trailer with no more than like no footage from more than twenty minutes of the film, yeah, and it's edited footage, yeah, to not show us what's actually happening, like. I don't know what's what's going to show up in either film. Sure, but you know, like the next trailer that we were going to talk about also deals with a lot of the news that's about to happen. And so, as you said, sort of like this this like eleven year legacy of the MCU, where the quality has almost uniformly been very high on their yeah. films, if a little formulaic. Um, as of yesterday, uh, Disney now owns all of Fox and all of Fox's properties, like the X Men and yeah. like the Fantastic Four and all that sort of stuff. And I have very mixed feelings about it. I am excited for the possibilities of the X Men and the MCU. I am also disappointed at the possibilities of the X Men and the MCU because you know we're, we'll we'll do uh, an X Men centric episode before Dark Phoenix comes out. Um, but the th- one of the things I've always enjoyed about the X Men trilogy is one they did it before the MCU. They like open the doors for the MCU. Oh, for sure. And there is no MCU without X Men too. And um, and they also tell really different kinds of stories. Like their the quality is not as uniformly high as uh, as the MCU films, I would say. But um, but they, I mean they've been around for twenty years, and they tell. I mean the X Men are also sort of different in the comics. It's sort of like a big operatic. It's a big soap opera with these people and they're pretty serious movies and they're pretty serious stories in the comics. And so like those two things, like they're not as like fast and free and sort of friendly as most of the MCU films are. So I I think it's going to be interesting. Um, That said, one of the other new trailers that came out recently is a movie. I'm, I'm 
just going to be excited for it. It could be terrible and disappointing, but I just, I need to be excited for it. That's me with the new Tarantino. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, but it is X-Men Dark Phoenix. Uh, we got a teaser trailer back in November, I think, um, that was pretty mysterious. It didn't really show anything. People were really worried about a few of the things that were in the clips because it looked like locations that we had seen in X3, which was terrible. Um, then they released the, the like the official trailer trailer at the end of uh, February. Um, and it showed us a lot of new stuff, but it also, like, it was, like, in a weird order, and it, like, immediately spoils a death in the film. Yeah. And, like, it's it was a very strange trailer, and it didn't really do much to assuage the fears of, like, people who loved the story and thought there were too many things from X3 in it, because it didn't really provide any context to those shots. Um, And then, unbeknownst to most people, but I, of course, because I'm a nerd and obsessed with the Dark Phoenix, (laughs) found it, uh, there was an international trailer released that same night that's much better, like, a million miles better, that actually gives you a sense of what this story is about. It shows more than a few nods to the original story in the comic book on a really cool cosmic scale. Um, yeah, it shows her, like, out in space, kind of, with the X-Men on a mission, yeah. right? And she and it shows, like, this thing, which is clearly the Phoenix Force, and it's exactly how it happens, more or less, in the comics. The Phoenix Force mm-hmm. comes into her, and she would have died, and it saves her life in space, and then she comes back to Earth with all these new powers. Yeah. Now... Yeah. So it's it's good, unlike X3, we, which was just like, oh, Jean Grey looks like an ugly zombie, and also she has this bald-lip phoenix persona yeah. in her. I don't think either one of us are fans of Brian Singer. <laughs> um, as I've said on this podcast before, I've met him. He's trash. He's disgusting. Having said that, you don't have the MCU without X-Men 2. Yeah. X-Men 2 remains, to my mind, a high-water mark of comic book. Yeah. Uh, filmmaking. The opening scene with Nightcrawler is amazing. At the White House is incredible. Yeah. Um, welcome back to Phoebe. She just walked in and wanted to say something. Uh, she has a cat neighbor that she can't see, but I think she can smell. Anyway, um, X Men movies. Yeah, I'm I mean, excited. I'm excited for it in the sense that I know I'm going to see it, <laughs> and I hope they do it well. Yeah, I, I do too. I'm seeing more things that make me really believe that. I mean, so the guy who's writing and directing Dark Phoenix is the guy who infamously was one of... He gets blamed entirely with the writing of X3, um, which is terrible, (laughs) and ruined the Dark Phoenix storyline. But, uh, you know, he he got brought on after so many different rewrites, so he was just kind of script doctoring almost at that point. But he has felt so personally bad about it because he's a huge X-Men fan, that, like, he has done everything in his power because he's written and been, like, sort of like the Kevin Feige of the X-Men films. Yeah, he's been... I think X-Men 3 was his first one, but then yeah. he's done most of them since, Yeah, right? he's been in some sort of consulting and sort of, like, story yeah. guidance role since then. So, like, I mean, there even in X-Men Days of Future Past, there's a direct reference where, like, one of the characters, because it's set in the past, and they're trying to prevent this awful future... And there's clips of X3 in it. <laughs> and, oh, really? And, and you know, one of the characters literally says, no, I don't want that. I don't want your future. I don't remember that. And it's like a direct comment on yeah. how bad X3 was. So, like, 
they've done everything in their power to erase that movie. Um, oh yeah, like up to bringing back Brian Singer and making it this kind of Avengers style team up with Days of Future Past, where you get the legend sort of a even by then by then it was like twelve to fifteen years. Yeah. legendary sort of core group of X-Men actors and, and pair them with this new trilogy. Yeah. To my yeah. mind, and as much as I love the new... I think I like the new class a lot. I shouldn't yeah. say I love. But I like the new class a lot. I'm sorry. I like the fir- uh, first class a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Days of Future Past, to me, feels very sort of cobbled together. Like, let's make it this kind of Avengers kind of story self-team up. A lot of it, like, the whole time travel thing, I don't know... It, the biggest, my biggest issue with the movie, and we can talk about this when we get to that episode. And yeah. um, I, I will bring this up because this is the, to my mind, the biggest demerit on Days of Future Past, which is Wolverine explains what he's doing to no fewer than four people, <laughs> and it becomes tedious. And it's not how you write a movie. There's a lot to like about it, but rewatching it, it to me feels like a slog. I could see that. I'm a huge comic book nerd. I think they did an incredible job adapting that very difficult storyline, and I think that where oftentimes the MCU gets all the credit for like doing new things, yeah. the time travel and alternate universe storyline, they hadn't touched. And the X-Men right. did, I think, a really good job of it. No, so. they did, but I guess it just, to my mind, created more questions than it answered. Well, but that's the point of a I time guess. travel movie. That's right? true. It yeah. doesn't... I mean, they even say that in the movie, right? Like, there's some things that just can't be rewritten. So you think that you've changed it, but you've really just moved the post down the line of the time stream, you know? Have you seen the the Rogue cut? I have. How does that compare? Because I've actually never actually seen it. I like it better, but only because I, I I don't like Ellen Page very much as an actress. I think it's stupid that she got brought in on X3 to be Shadowcat. To just be sort of like a love triangle nonsense thing. Yeah. Um, In Ellen Page's defense, she now agrees with you. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, and I like Anna Paquin as an actress much yeah. more. And yeah. I also yeah, like sure. the character of Rogue more. I am more yeah. interested in her. Yeah. And they give her something more to do. Yeah. Like, she actually gets a bunch of scenes. Yeah. I'm excited. Best. I'm excited to go down the X-Men movie wormhole with you when we get to that episode. Um, but to go back to Dark Phoenix. Yes. <laughs> to go back to Dark Phoenix. It's given um, me a lot to like feel happy about because there's a lot of stuff in the international trailer which like everybody wrote a think piece like the week later that was like why the hell did Fox like why are they doing such a bad yeah. job marketing? Um, it's no secret that Dark Phoenix has been delayed a number of times and this most recent delay was like from February to June and to me that's a vote of confidence. Yeah. Like to move it to June post, I mean, June is famously, obviously, summer, yeah. you know, that's the time for blockbusters, so you want to debut your comic book movie blockbuster in June mm-hmm. rather than February. Now, lately in the last few years, Black Panther was very successful in February, as we've okay. seen Captain Marvel is very successful in March, Wonder Woman was very successful in April, but at the same time, like I said, to me, from February to June feels like a vote of confidence. I did like the international trailer yeah. a lot more than the original. I'm excited to see the movie, but I'm keeping my expectations hampered. Yeah. Just because... It's probably safe. Um, I'm about 50-50 with the X-Men universe, I feel like. Yeah. Like, Logan I thought was fantastic, and again, we can go down that wormhole when we get there, but a lot of them I think are great, and a lot of them are not. And I'm hoping... 
Yeah. But I'm ex- it's like I hope it's great, but I'm expecting it to suck. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, and I think so. This this is like the last we talk about because we've talked about it for a long time. But one thing I wanted to point out that I think is really bizarre about this is that like this movie has had so much hate since it was announced. And I think because at that point, so many people just wanted the MCU to absorb the X-Men. Because X-Men Apocalypse wasn't great, but it has some really good moments. It's got visuals that like are very comic book accurate. And Oscar um, Isaac. And Oscar Isaac, who doesn't unfortunately get to do anything. But um, <laughs> uh, there, were a, there were a lot of like things that if you were a big X-Men fan, you probably would have liked about the movie. I've heard that. I've heard that it's... Very comic accurate. It is very, lot, yeah, um, yeah. It's very comic booky. Yeah, like yeah. it's got its problems for sure, but, but anyway, so uh, it was coming off of that, and there is this like huge wave of hate coming from like MCU stands for this movie, and they're like, they just shouldn't release it. They should just reboot everything. Let's just do this. But like, and in such an intense way that like people are pretending, like, like, like not huge media outlets that are like you know background checked and stuff like that but like smaller like comic book and like movie outlets are like making up all this shit like oh i went and i saw a screener of this and then like people then like months later it's like no you didn't that wasn't a screening date like yeah like we have that like you can find the screening dates when this was screened that never happened not in your city not anywhere you would have been able to do so it's just like, making shit up yeah there's a lot of like fake leaks well, there's a lot of that with captain story. marvel like yeah. they did that with they had to sh- like the rotten tomatoes the thing. rotten tomatoes thing yeah these imagine that your life is like so sad that the existence of a female superhero is like an affront right to your existence yeah like it's just like it's silly it's dumb yeah. and like i really just i don't get it um yeah. you know uh so, I mean, one way or another, this because of the Fox merger, this is probably the last X-Men film that will ever be released by Fox. They have another one that's finished, The New Mutants, which is tentatively slated for August. It's not a main X-Men film, it's an offshoot. Yeah. Um, the trailer looked really good for it when it was out two years ago. Last I heard, it might end up on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, it might end up on Disney+, Plus now. So, it may not get a theatrical release at all. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's... it's Yeah, we'll it's see what happens. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I expect that they'll kind of integrate it really slowly yeah. in this weird way. Like, I don't... And I also don't see that, like, Kevin Feige's, like, itching to reboot Wolverine. No. You know what I mean? Like, so it's going to be, I would say it's going to be at least five years before we see an X-Men character in an MCU movie, and even later before it's an official X-Men movie. Well, yeah. And that's just my, I mean, granted, that's my guess based on, I mean, so you figure it's 2019, if a movie that was going to come out in 2022, we'd already know about it. So you figure it's at least longer than that. Well, so they haven't released the slate, right? So this is something else to talk yeah, about. Yeah, because yeah. of Endgame, they don't want to spoil like who might still be alive. The things that we do know is we know, and there's been a trailer out for Spider-Man Far From Home, Yeah, which is going to be a sequel to Spider-Man, so we know Spider-Man comes back. Right. I mean, not that anybody ever expected yeah. any different. Right. But... Um, there's a Black Widow movie that is going to start filming sometime pretty soon. Like this summer, I think, but yeah. they've been casting it. Yeah, yeah they've already got... Um, they cast Florence Pugh, who was in 
Lady Macbeth and was in- fucking incredible in that movie. I read that she was cast, but I don't. I didn't see any. I haven't seen anything. That she I don't was know on. what her role is. I think she's yeah. They have an, an antagonist role to Black Widow, but um, I think that's a sort of like a prequel. Yeah, so, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say she starts off as a friend and betrays her and becomes an enemy. And becomes an enemy. Um, that's probably very correct. But um, so we know that that's happening. We know that they're making a movie of the Eternals because Kevin Feige let that slip before Infinity War came out. Um, but that's it. Like yeah. we can't assume there's gonna be a Black Panther two. Well, James Gunn was just recently oh, rehired yes. to Gal- yes. Guardians of the Galaxy three, yes. which is absolutely something that we should bring up yes. while we're on talking about the MCU um, not to interrupt you I'm sorry but um, James Gunn was famously fired after tweets from several years ago resurfaced and Disney pretended to be offended for a second even though they he had apologized for them throughout his career mm-hmm. but also didn't delete them in this sense of like I don't necessarily want to like pretend that it didn't happen pretend it didn't happen I want to own it that it happened and I've apologized for it um, and so they, whatever, they came around. It almost seems like they never really fired him. Well, and it's funny because they kept saying, like, their PR line was, like, oh, we're looking at other directors. And they we're did. Keeping his, we're keeping his script. But then Bob Iger actually said, like, yesterday or two days ago, in a, because, you know, now that the mergers happened, all yeah. these memos have come out explaining a lot of things. So, yeah. like, one of them is that they're. They're thinking about the X-Men, and they have tentative plans for X-Men characters to start showing up in maybe 2021. Um, probably not an actual X-Men film of any kind. But like maybe even on a show on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Because um, we're talking about bringing back Heroes for Hire in 2021 when Netflix's like, ownership yeah. of Jessica Jones and all that is done. But then he also said that... Um, he said, we didn't actually look at any other directors. Yeah, yeah, and apparently they had a meeting with Taika Waititi, but he was like, no, that was, like, scheduled, like, months ago. Like, he's probably just going to work with them again, and that's what it was about. Well, because, you know, he wants to make another Thor movie. I hope he fucking makes another Thor movie. Then we can pretend Thor 2 never happened. We (laughs) We, already don't, but don't we already (laughs) pretend Thor 2 never happened? I know, but then then Thor Ragnarok can be Thor 2. (laughs) Right, right, yeah. But, it's not um, going to change the fact that we already pre- pretended. I know it's true. Um, yeah, so so Dark Phoenix is going to happen. Um, interested, excited to see that. I hope, hope, hope it's good. Um, yeah, yeah. A lot of trailers have come out. Like that's one of the things we want to talk about. A lot of them have been really good, like Endgame and Us mm-hmm. and um, Spider Man Far From Home a lot of them not a lot of them but a couple of them like Aladdin, Aladdin. have been real bad yeah. the other one that I wanted to talk about and I wanted to say something brief about this and then we can go back to hating on Aladdin because <laughs> I can't wait but another trailer that came out recently that I think looks terrible was the Danny Boyle film Yesterday the premise of the movie since you haven't seen the trailer I apologize for those who have, but I have to describe it to James. <laughs> the premise of the movie is it's about a man who is riding his bicycle. The electricity goes off throughout the world, and as a result, he has a bicycle accident. He wakes up the next morning, and he's the only one that can remember Beatles songs. 
there's a shot of him, there's a scene, it's almost a scene in the trailer where he's singing Yesterday on a guitar, but he sings Yesterday. And everyone's like, that's beautiful. When did you write that? And he's like, I didn't write it. Paul McCartney wrote it. Like, what are you talking about? And then everyone's like, who's Paul McCartney? I am not Danny Boyle fan. I'm not, I really like Train Spotting. Yes, yeah, I like Um, And I actually thought Train Spotting 2 was really good. Yeah, I mean, I like 28 Days Later. I'm okay with 127 Hours. I, I did not like um, Slumdog Millionaire. Oh, God, no. And I was not a big fan of Steve Jobs. Mm-hmm. And I was, kind of thought it was like... A lot of like... To, in both cases, it was very like... A lot of really obvious choices, I felt like. Um, but anyway, no, he's got this movie coming out about a fantasy world where no one knows the, who the Beatles are. And this man, the only one in the world who remembers the Beatles... Makes Become a, a millionaire, hopefully. Becomes a millionaire. He yeah. becomes a celebrity. Yeah, and it looks terrible. Yeah, that sounds terrible. So, yeah. The other one. So <laughs> let's get back to the, the pièce de résistance. Yes, please. Aladdin. Specifically, Will Smith as the genie. Like, yeah. the whole way that that is animated just yeah. looks so, like, yeah. bad yeah. and stupid and How terrible. do you not get a Bollywood director to direct Aladdin? Yeah. How do you not get? How do you how how do you get Guy Ritchie? I don't know. How do you? Yeah, how do you, does Guy Ritchie what direct Aladdin? What what in Locks Talk and Two Smoking Barrels made you think that he should direct Aladdin? <laughs> I don't get it. I mean, I also don't. To be fair, I also do not get this live action remakes yes. of their own properties that they've been doing, like. I'll yeah. give Cinderella, like, no, I haven't seen Cinderella, but I'll give Cinderella that Kate Blanchett looks like a fierce, wicked stepmom. Yeah. I will give it that. And you will probably it. see it someday because Kate Blanchett. Because, because, <laughs> yeah, because Kate Blanchett. Yeah. Um, but, like, the Beauty and the Beast, the, the what, Snow White, I think. Um, there was Maleficent. Malefi- oh, Maleficent, right. And then The Lion King. Which, at least, Maleficent is, like... A, a different perspective. I mean, yeah, it was a good movie. But they're doing but, a sequel. Yeah. Um, but yeah, The Lion King, like, yeah. it, which appears to be a shot-for-shot yeah. remake of the original in CGI. But without all of the color. Yeah. And without everything that made The Lion King look Fun. so beautiful yeah. Yeah. in that, like, I remember seeing that trailer for The Lion King on, like, a VHS or whatever. Yeah. My, I'm 12 years old or 11 years old. My mind is blown. I'm yeah, like, I want to see this beautifully animated film takes place in like. But now we have Aladdin, right? Which is 100% CGI. Yeah, but even and the like, Lion King, which is 100% CGI, looks yeah. ugly as compared yeah. to the animated version. For sure, for sure. So, but yeah, Aladdin. Oh, how do you? I, I also you, don't like Will Smith. I find him super irritating. He's not great, I but I have seen him in movies that I didn't hate. Also, I didn't mean for the, that to rhyme. Sorry. The knowledge that he's also a Scientologist does not help anything. Yeah. So. Well, he's kind of denied that, which is weird. Like, I don't really know where he stands on that. Well, maybe they got out. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I'm completely out of date. But, but still. And maybe you're. Maybe I am. Like, maybe I'm wrong. I'm yeah. sorry if I. I um, you know, it's just such. It just it. It looks like a really bad movie. Like I said, I don't know how you get. How how do you do an Aladdin, and get like the British white guy to do yeah, it? Right. I don't get it. Yeah. I don't um, yeah, that, 
That movie looks like a mess. Yeah. Um, but things that were not a mess were some <laughs> cool things that were on television uh, <laughs> the last couple of months. What a segue. What a segue, right? Great. Know, things that were not a mess were <laughs> television <laughs> and Netflix. Although Netflix has kind of dropped the ball a little bit with canceling one day at a time. Oh, yeah. But we're not going to talk about that. We're talking about Russian Doll. Mm-hmm. Natasha Lyonne uh, from the director of But I'm a Cheerleader. I read about it and I and it was advertised to me on Netflix and it was like and I was like okay like I I thought it was a movie mm-hmm. um, and I was like well let's see how long the movie is and it was like oh twenty eight minutes and I'm like oh it's a TV show and I was like oh great I can just watch the first episode next thing I know I've watched the first five episodes and then I'm like oh there's only three left I have to turn this off so I can savor this and watch some more tomorrow it was fantastic you know what and one of the things that I excited about is not only was Natasha Natasha Leone like part of the production and the direction and the writing and stuff on this so was amy poehler yeah 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 she was one of the writers on this for each episode and i i loved it it's such a smart show yeah natasha leone is incredible she's so good everybody in it yeah is so 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 good and it's like an interesting mystery yeah that keeps it really unfolds yeah. yeah i remember when i was watching i think i was on the second episode um i texted i don't know if i don't know if you got one of these texts um, but I definitely sent a text out to people, and I was like, I'm on the second, maybe third episode of Russian Doll. Check it out. It's super queer. It's super femme. Um, at the time, I was on the fence. I didn't know where it was going, because I was only two and a half, maybe three episodes in. So I was like, it's good, not great, because I would, I would say, it, looking back, the first two and a half episodes in, that's a fair assessment. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I was like, it's good, not great, but it's super queer. It's super femme. It's a about queer people by women you should check it out it's this weird spin on 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 groundhog day which has been a weird sort of obsession of mine for years like i love i love those movies um but we can talk about that another time but anyway like i just remember seek this show out it's queer it's by women it's amazing it's and it was so good And, and and as it goes it has so many layers and it's so smart but it's like hard sci-fi, mm-hmm. and they've got a plan for three more or two more seasons. So I think it was three total. Yeah, which I'm um, fascinated to see. There is a part of me that's like, I don't want to see it. I don't need yeah. it. But at the same time, I trust them. So I'm like, okay, if you've written this, if you've got it, like, show me what it is, and I'm, I want to see it. Because I, like I said, two days yeah. I watched that show. It was great. Yeah, fantastic. and I watched it a whole other time since then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was fantastic. Um, Another Netflix show that's been around for a couple of years now. It's actually a Japanese show that Netflix bought international distribution rates to their most, I think, like, last four seasons. Uh, If you want something that's really relaxing, that will also kind of restore your faith in humanity, (laughs) it is, and I I hate reality television, let me preface this, Um, it's a show called Terrace House. And it is a Japanese reality show that's akin to the real world. It's um, three guys and three girls uh, get selected and they get put in this house together in a couple of different places in Japan. Now, one season is actually set in Hawaii because there's a, the largest population of Japanese outside of Japan is in Hawaii. Oh, really? Um, and so there's Aloha... Like, each season has got like a different like subtitle like mm-hmm. the first one's in tokyo it's called boys and girls in the city the one that's in hawaii is uh, uh called aloha state um but anyway it's all in japanese with like english subtitles but what it is is it's 
just this show of like six people living together and they're all there because they want to be around other people to like motivate them to some higher ideal and and the american versions also have these like confessional kind of booths where you sit down in a chair this does not have this it's really just like there's like no producer intervention it's just cameras hidden around the house and people get filmed doing things and you like have their storyline so it's like edited yeah i was gonna say there's follow the storyline but it's not like like in The Bachelor or something where like producers will yeah. actively go in there and tell people things yeah. to create drama. Yeah. Um, like it really is just them observing uh, what's going on in the house. And it's like, it's really refreshing because it's for the most, there's like some small drama that happens yeah. once in a while, but mostly it's just like people who live in a house together and they're all like amazingly talented. Like one season I had this, this, this girl who was on there who is one of the top ballerinas in Japan. Really? Who is, like, her whole thing is she she was trying out to be, like, the number one prima ballerina in yeah. Japan that would give her, like, international success. And she wanted to be around other creative people to, like, motivate her to work her hardest. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's kind of what everyone's on there for. Like, some people are on there to find love. Yeah. But, like, even then it's kind of like, they'll go out on dates and, you know, whatever, but they become friends, everything... Everyone becomes really close. It sounds so wholesome. It is very <laughs> wholesome. I mean, especially some... as compared to like Big Brother or like Survivor. Yeah, like it's that. really none of that. And the best part of the show is that two or three times an episode, and the episodes are only like 30, 40 minutes long, I think, uh, once or twice an episode, it will cut to uh, this panel. Like, this is very common in Japanese mm-hmm. shows where there'll be like a panel of people commenting on what they're watching. Right. Um, and so it's these, let's see, I think it's one, two, three, four, it's like six people. It's also six people. They're the hosts and they introduce the show and sort of like right when something happens that you as the viewer like wants to be like, oh my God, I can't believe that thing just happened. Or like, oh, that's so sweet. They like, you know, held hands for the first time or they went to do this cool thing or somebody said something really funny. Like it'll cut to them and there'll be like a five to 10 minute like window with them when they're sort of talking about the scene themselves, sort of like you and I are talking yeah. about when we do movies, right? Yeah. So they, like, talk about, like, these things, but they're hysterically funny. <laughs> like, you don't have to understand Japanese yeah. or know Japanese culture to find what they're Are they, like, funny. trying to be funny? Are they, like, yeah, making they're, jokes? Yeah, like, they're comedians like, and okay. actors and models and stuff like What's that. What's the, like, so... I'm trying to think of how I how to phrase the question, but how recent is the most re- how new is the most recent episode on Netflix? So the most recent episode on Netflix came out, uh, I think, last week. Oh, so oh, okay. So it's not something that's like no, it's ongoing. And what's really interesting okay. now that they're on Netflix, yeah. and this is again one of those fascinating things about this show that makes it so different than like American shows. Mm-hmm. They're not living in isolation. Like their family, their friends show up. They go to work. They have jobs. So it's like it's more it's more like the real world than Big Brother. Yeah, like real world they yeah they, yeah, they but usually they were assigned outside. jobs. Yeah, where they're like, oh, you're not gonna run this coffee shop, and yeah, yeah. So but like, these are the, these are like they're like oh they actually have to they don't all just have money like they right. have to get jobs so they can afford to buy groceries and do things. That's so interesting. And so they go out and they do that. So there are periods where like people won't be in the house because like. It's like this one girl this season is a, is a model and she's very well known, so she'll be like flying around the world doing shoots, um, and so she'll That's be gone so for a minute. Um, but then the other thing is that like these episodes are filmed 
and they get edited yeah. and published right away. So in Japan, you it's on Netflix, but you watch it like television. Like every week right. there's a new episode. Whereas like we don't we get like a chunk of it at a time. After like after like seven. Oh, or but eight, I thought you said the most recent episode was like a week ago. It was, but so like the, oh, way, like the way we get happened. it in the states is like they'll film like thirteen episodes and yeah. call it like part one of yeah, that yeah, season yeah. and then drop it, and and during that time they're currently filming the season okay. in Japan, and when they get thirteen more they drop it here and thirteen more they drop it there. So in Japan, where the show is taking place. Sometimes what they'll do is they'll all hang out in the, like, den on the couch and watch, like, episodes of their season from a couple of episodes ago. Oh, like, it's so it's weird. that that quick how, how it yeah, comes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, they're watching themselves and, like, sometimes they'll comment on the edits. They're like, oh, my God, I didn't realize, like, the way I said that was looks really hurtful in the moment. Yeah. I thought I was... Saying it you know, this that doesn't way. sound American at all. Where they like learn a lesson. Yeah, no. Uh, this is, I mean, That's even not... people who fight in this show like learn lessons. Yeah, like they become better friends. They talk it out. Like it's really there's almost never a time when it's like just nasty. Like, that is so unlike American television. It is, but it's so refreshing. It makes you feel yeah. like. And what's it called? Terrace House. Terrace House. Terrace, as in like a, a terrorist, a terrorist, like... not a terrorist. Right. <laughs> Which is what people usually hear when I say that. Okay, I. That's not what I heard, but thanks for the clarification because <laughs> yes. I don't want to. I don't want that. House. <laughs> um, it is. You will laugh really hard. You will cry. It is. It is lovely. So that sounds interesting. I'm going to check that out. I need a break from the harsh pain that is reality in the United States in 2018. <laughs> watch that. Well, and on that note... Well, thank you guys for joining us for our most recent One Night Stand. We're going to try to get more of these out uh, more regularly. Um, but yeah, so have a great... Uh, well, it's for us right now, it's night. So right, exactly. Have a good night. <laughs> have, a great, have a great week. Go see a movie. Thanks again. We'll see you soon.